G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 548 of the Train Smooth Podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, it's nice and simple. All you have to do is run on through to the website, run, 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 run to trainsmooth.com or send me through an email, tim at trainsmooth.com. Now, for the next one, two, three, four episodes, are going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about the greatest subject in the world, me. Oh. Well, at least three of them um, will be. So... I just did Ironman Cairns um, last weekend, and I've had a few people say, oh, you've got to do a podcast about it, and then one said, um, oh, you should do a podcast, do an episode on the training and everything else, what worked, what didn't, you know, all the ins and outs of a chook's bum leading into the race, do an episode on the race, do, then do an episode on what's coming up next. And then, then I, as we're talking, I go, I could probably also do another episode on the crap I learnt. I saw, you know, witnessed, I should say, would be more of a, an accurate word. On stuff that I see, saw a lot of athletes doing um, that weren't, at a glance, weren't in their best interest. Um, so I could, um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I said in the last episode or two episodes or whatever it was, but if no one, uh, if you didn't want to listen, to, didn't want me to do it, just let me know. None of you guys let me know, so I'm going to pr- assume you all will want to listen to it or just not tune in. It doesn't matter. You will not hurt my feelings. Um, so, um, basically, in a, in a round, roundabout way, um, I needed to do a lot of improving to, in my... Uh, um, aerobic development in my technique in everything all aspects needed to be spent a lot of um, lot of volume in before um, I was supposed to do Ironman Cairns last year and before doing um, getting very close to leading it was February or February or last not last February February before leading into last year's Cairns if keeping up I rolled my ankle pretty bad and then shortly after that, I partially tore my Achilles. And so I was um, rehabbing the crap out of that, which I've never, never, never stopped re- with, with that. Um, e- even race week, I was still working on my Achilles because it's dodgy as crap. It's not the, the friendliest Achilles I've, I've ever seen. So I've always, I've never stopped treating it like it's an injury and and i'm and i said i've said this to a few athletes in especially recently who um have got niggling injuries that keep coming back you got to keep keep on to those rehab it you may not feel any pain at the or may not be showing symptoms that you're injured but i'd be treating it like an injury until race day um but anyway um so I had these. So I had to deal with, with all that. So I didn't start properly running until um, I think about thirty-eight weeks out, and that was math training. And I did a, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll touch on all that soon. But um, so I needed to d- take a lot of time off my swim. So I was filming myself swimming a lot, and I was analysing it and. My swim um, didn't improve anywhere near as much as I thought it would, and 
a lot of um, it, w- it was frustrating a, a lot of the time because I, I increased my volume than I ever have and I um, improved my technique the best it's ever looked and I'm looking at the technique I'm thinking what am I missing here something's missing because um, that technique should be f- I should be swimming faster with that technique and I even got um, Brent from Effortless Swimming to have a look at it for me and he analysed it for me too just you know because he's a cool dude really good knowledgeable guy and he um, he said my stroke looks good um, for me he, he really and I, and he told me what I knew I, I got to improve my cadence and that was um, a lot slower to improve than I, I thought but I can, um, I, but I went up to Cairns thinking I'll, I can do an hour five, hour four, hour five in the water. But I was hoped for an hour in the water because my te- once your technique's right, um, you, there's always something to improve. But my technique looked good on camera from underwater from the side from the top and so it's just it's just a matter of me continually spend time at that in the future as well as try and get that cadence that little bit higher but um so my swim didn't improve anywhere near as well as i thought it was going to so that was my biggest disappointment but i wasn't uh it, it, i from everything, right across the board, nothing worried me too much. The only thing that worried me is missing training sessions. And that was more my, um, just my headspace. I, I, I like routine. I have a four-week templated routine that I follow. Everything follows into that routine. And, um, and, and, and that routine's based around work. Um, so work gets penciled in first any family crap gets penciled in and you know my son's got swimming mondays then he's got basketball tuesdays then he's got swimming wednesday then he's got run squads thursdays my daughter does you know singing tuesdays she does guitar wednesday everything's you know it's templated in so um and that's the only time i would be under any form of stress or anger or disappointment is when i would generally miss out on training sessions um but for the for the bike um i'd done a lot of gains in my bike in recent years and it was just um just pretty well trying to with my training get it that last 50 or last 60 k's of Ironman cans is all headwind um there's no escaping it there's it's it's just continuous and i knew that it's you see a lot of people fall apart in that last 60 k's and so a lot of my training was based around strength the strength on the bike a lot of low cadence work a lot of hill work um and skill work i wanted to um improve my bike handling skills years ago and um, before i got into triathlons i wouldn't say i was a very skillful bike rider but i could ride in groups i was riding in groups constantly i was um 
um, my bike handling skills were so much better than what they are. And it's spending time on it, you know, in tri- doing triathlon training, you're spending a lot of time on a time trial bike going in straight lines. You're spending a lot of time on the trainer where you're developing much less bike handling skills. And I wanted to be as I wanted my skills to be at a higher, much higher level than they've ever have been. I wanted to be efficient at a wide range of cadences. Um, so if no matter what happened, I knew I could finish do the Ironman at a cadence of anywhere between sixty-five RPM and a hundred RPM. I could very comfortably in my head know I could do do all those. Um, and I um, wanted to live in that time trial position. I'd spent a lot of time um, focusing on aerodynamics myself, um, and from body position, from positions through to um, um, just through to equipment choices and cleaning choices and um, lubrication choices. I spent a lot of time on that, on that, um, and a lot of it was for, um, just me qu- doing a bit of a film while under a session, not just riding easy. They start off riding easy, and then you you set the GoPro up, and you're doing um, you know three times forty minutes at ninety percent of FTP, and I would look at what I'm doing in that last twenty minutes of each forty minute effort, and I go, right, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm you know can I get better uh how can I improve the look of this and it was, it was a lot of that crap um for, for for the run it was very much um when I got finally started running normal again after my partially torn Achilles it was um math running math it was keeping my heart rate at 140 beats a minute i've got a run power meter um when i started doing intervals i would do uh, when i do intervals i would do do that to a power meter running at watts every other run session was to a heart rate i i'd never done that before um but i really liked it i really really liked it because sometimes my you know what a session that i would say oh i'm going to go out at 250 watts uh, just a nice moderate run that same heart rate might be making me go much less or it might be going much higher than, at the same power so it was just um so i, re- I actually enjoy, really enjoyed that and i saw my math pace improve um on flat surfaces i was running math at um a few seconds off five minute k pace where nine months eight months before or whatever it was it was 545 k pace so that so that was a, a good improvement and i was i was enjoying it my biggest problem with running was i had to miss out on a lot of run long run sessions a lot um because of work kept calling me in um timmy we need you in here buddy Uh, and so i got that smashed hard with that and i also got hit hard with niggling injuries um i had a i was nursing a lot of niggling injuries um a a few times so that cost me a few a few long runs so um i've i've probably missed out on in that last 20 weeks i probably missed out on five six maybe more 
long runs that that would that would be normally twenty mile runs. So so that that cost me. That 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 was the most painful thing of it all. Um, but you know, I it, I didn't stress about it. It is what it was. I know when I did Coles Bay half, I get these things in my um, in my um, quads where if I take to, if, you know generally during an interval or something I'll be pushing it hard and it's only the size of like a thumbnail that will, will dive into my quad it will, it will start really pinching and then I just got to ride easy for a minute or two and then I can go back into it and it's gone well during Coles Bay half in February or March or wherever it was I was racing and it came on and I thought well I'm not slowing down here I'm not, it, it's, the legs have just got to cop it and I just and I just pushed through it and uh, and it eventually came became numb to it. You know, you just you become completely numb of the the pain on it. And that had um, which people some people can say, well, that was stupid. You should have rode easy. Um, but I did win my age group by twenty seconds. So that might so if I rode easy for for a minute or two, I may have not won my age group by tw- a lousy twenty seconds. Which by uh, by oh, no, I won't boys to that story, but um, so I got uh, this knee pain come from it. It's like the part of the VMO of the the quad, and so I would suffer a lot with knee pains on long runs. So a couple of my twenty k runs I did, I, they were supposed to be twenty mile runs, but I kept getting knee pain. So they I had to cut the volume on that. So what would happen is any time I would. You stop for some traffic lights or just go do a 30 second walks just to reset or something i would get for a, um a few hundred meters of running i would get these nasty knee pains and i would be it, it really just needed rest that's all it really needed but i wasn't i was working around it the best i could the mo- and it worked for the 98 percent of the time it was working i would you would see if some if people that follow me on social media or whatever um you even on the race day you'll see you see on race photos i got this green green or black um sports tape going down my leg and across across the side of my knee to keep keep those pains at bay so that that um held me up but it but again, it never bothered me that much, and um, but it just it is what it was, um, and I did a lot of trigger point therapy into that, a lot of cupping into it. But it just it would go away for a week or two, and then she would come back with a vengeance. And but anyway, um, and then the gym work, I was generally lifting the three days a week. Um, we, again, because I wanted, I knew that last 60Ks on the bike was going to be all headwind and I knew um, it, it's it's a battle, that race is a battle of the strong for the, uh, you know, you can get, if you, if you can get off that bike feeling fresh, you're so far ahead than, than just about everyone really. Um, so I just kept the volume up, but in the last two years to give some round numbers in the last two years i'd done a few hours over two thousand hours of swim bike run gym gym work just uh, it was a few hours over 
just a few hours over 2,000 hours. In the last year, like the, this is the uh, 50, 52 weeks leading into Ironman Cairns before taper starts, so 54 weeks before Cairns. Um, I, I did, I had nine rest days in total for, for that 52 weeks or 54 weeks or 52 weeks before um, taper started. Uh, and four of them was this year. Um, so not a lot of rest days and and um, but you know I try, tried averaging from 30 something weeks out I tried averaging a minimum of 20 hours a week of training um, with a, an average of a thousand TSS a week but that didn't happen as well as I wanted it to I had I just kept getting called into work it was just so painful and but I'm hoping we've we've just employed a few people so I'm hoping that all comes to an end and they stop calling they lose my number hopefully um but on average in that last now I none of these numbers include the two weeks of taper um, I did a, I did 119 rides on the time trial bike, 145 rides on the road bike, and six rides on the mountain bike. Um, I did 930 in the last, you know, the 52 weeks before two weeks of taper, 932 hours and 41 minutes of swim, bike, run, and lifting, 140 hours and 15 minutes of mobility work. Um, Foam roller, foam roller, and oxygen deprivation. So there's a fair bit of time there. I was actually impressed with that. A lot of this I forgot. Uh, that, jeez, really, was it that number? I was thinking until I saw these numbers on day one of taper, because that's when I was actually looked at it for the first time a, as a whole. I was thinking I'd probably be about somewhere around 850 hours of training, so it was it was all all nice. So if you combine both of them, it works out to be a little bit over 1,072 hours, almost 173. Um, and so I'm just flicking through a few things here. So um, with most of that volume was based on aerobic conditioning and strength most of it was aerobic and conditioning strength i did um do a, a little i did do major blocks of trying to get my vo2 max up high i would do um early early on i'd be doing like eight weeks of high vo2 work straight into um I, then i'd do like a 12 weeks worth of um, what i'd call mix-up sessions on the bike where i would try and hit um each system at least once every two weeks whether uh, like what you'd expect um, you know an amateur road cyclist to do um, for, for instance um, but they would do, probably do more volume because I was also doing swimming and running um, for the so and then I'd go back into another two weeks of high vo2 sessions and then um, from from about that um, st- 20 weeks out it was very much let, let's get the body ready for cans um, so there was a, a lot of low cadence work on that bike um, and a lot of hills um, but but it yeah so it was it was good taper time on the other hand 
um, I hated taper time. I went because I was cooked. Um, during this whole time, though, I've never done um, any, any a nine man build whatsoever and not been mentally fried. This time, on the other hand, I was mentally fresh the whole time. Like it was scary how mentally fresh I was to the point where I had a lot of. Um, Oh, what's that word I'm thinking of? Um, I had a lot of gratitude towards um, the process. I was thinking, God, I love this. This is, I'm so happy. I remember going on this bike ride. It was a six hour bike ride and it was cold, but I just had so much love for this bloody. I was so looking forward to it because we had a heap of bad weather and. I knew nothing was going to stop tomorrow's ride. I'm going out. I'm not spending six hours on a trainer. I just don't want to do that. I'll rather spend six hours in pouring rain. And I, I went out and I just had so much love for this bloody bike. I've never had it ever. Um, where I'm just thinking this is the greatest thing on earth. I, I would not want to be anywhere else on at, at this moment than riding this ride. And... Um, and in, it, yeah, even during the, when it rained on me, I'm thinking this is still the greatest thing ever. Um, I, ha- I came off my bike once, hit a kangaroo uh, during the lead up to this. Um, had a, couple, a few running niggling injuries, which um, we, we, you know, I've managed the best I can. But as soon as taper hit, I was physically exhausted, but mentally fresh. So I d- I've done this for a few athletes. Um, and I've had a few to just tell me absolutely no, they're not doing it because they couldn't handle it. Um, but I took, you know, I do a two week two week taper. Um, not everyone needs a two week taper. Some needs ta- start tapering off three four weeks back or before it. Some need you know don't doesn't need that much depending on the volume, depending on the intensity, depending on their mental health. Um, depends when. For me, I did two exactly two weeks out. I was physically fried. At that two weeks, I, I I'm, was barely, you know, struggling to sit down on the toilet. But um, I took two full days off and to try and get rid of as much fatigue as I can. Um, and that, that two weeks before, I, I took like the Monday, Tuesday off, and then I think I took a Friday off as well. So I had three days off in that two-week period. Um, in and then I took another day off on the Wednesday on race week, and so I really chopped the the volume and a lot of the intensity down, but just tried keeping the body moving as much as I can. Those days I had to, that I took off. I also went. I did. I did go out and walk. That was the only thing I did, uh, which my dog enjoyed. Um, but so I I turned up to that race day. I, I remember so. Three days before it, saying to my son Jack, "Okay, I could do the race now. I'm I'm ready right now. I don't need to wait till Sunday." And so I was I was excited. I was ready to go. But generally, with generally with taper, most of us feel fatigue during taper. This one didn't. I didn't feel as fatigued, but but I think it's because I took all those rest days off. Um, so it was it was an interesting. Yeah, taking those two full days off in a row. Um, I've done it to a few athletes, but I remember giving it to one athlete, and he said, "Absolutely not. <laughs> He's just not going to do that." And um, but I, and, I, and I tried convincing him, but he had he just said, "No, he's not doing that at all." <laughs> so that was that was amusing, and I like those sort of people that just not you know 
it's it's volume, volume, volume. But anyway, so but so that's kind of what happened with my training leading into Ironman Cairns. Um, the things I would do differently is replace my phone number and not tell work about it so they couldn't call me. But um, I really couldn't have done... Well, I could have done things differently but and improved little things. But in, in a whole... I was satisfied. I wasn't stressed at all about anything that I didn't do anything bad. I didn't do anything silly. Um, I, I was satisfied. Um, I would have liked to have seen my swim improve more faster than what it did. Um, but it, I. But that is what it is. But yeah. But anyway, next episode I'll go further into um, actual talk about what happened during the race. Yeah. If you're still awake, that is. Until next episode. Hooray.